Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today on our live broadcast. Super excited to be doing this. Um, so we have had a change of plans. We previously had uh, a guest who was, uh, you guys, we're going to bring him on the show next week. But he was unable to make it today. He had some personal situation. Couldn't be here today. So I have somebody on the show who I'm going to be honest is, is he's not quite as good. Okay. But he does ride into the studio on a white noble steed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the one, the only, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. There we go. We're back. How are you doing, James? <laughs> I'm, <good. laughs> I'm guessing what we're saying is what I lack in intelligence and good looks. I make up for in riding talent, apparently. <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> your writing oh. talent is second to none <laughs> it's the first thing everybody always comments about me it's like the first thing i walk in a room wow he's got good writing talent <laughs> <laughs> man he nobody rides a fictitious white noble steed like that guy right over there <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness how's your week been my friend good well it's uh it's it's been going well you know yesterday was a, a national holiday here and this is really the first thing i'm doing in my week so so far so good right hasn't had much time to go wrong then <laughs> no now that you're here it seems like it's a little bit less exciting but that was that was below the belt but you know what that was i feel like that was called for because of the uh private message i got from you earlier which you ended <laughs> with i hate you <laughs> That was the highlight of my day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was a thoughtful message. I'd taken the time to send it. Yeah. Well, no, I appreciate that. So, hey, check this out. So I got an email uh, from one of our listeners uh, yesterday, as a matter of oh, fact. Yeah. yeah. So so this proves, I think we're up to three people listening to the show now. Wow. Shout out to our latest listener. Yeah. What's up? Chris. I think his name is Chris. Hey, if Chris. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he said he loves the show, loves everything about it. He said, if I could find a new co-host, it would be like perfect, but he's, he's rolling <laughs> with it for the, for the way that it is right now. That's so weird. I got exactly the same email about <laughs> me needing to find a new co-host. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, amazing. Shout out to Chris. Shout out Chris. And yeah, just gotta... so everybody else is aware, we are more than willing to accept compliments, you know, gifts, just just outright, just nice emails like that do a lot of good. Yeah. And as far as gifts go, you know, kind of, you know, minimum value, $10,000 or more. Yeah. I mean, um, come on. This is a show of caliber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, how many other shows does the host ride in on a horse for the right, love of exactly. God? You don't, you don't turn up to this show expecting $2 tips. No. You turn up to this show expecting the gold. That's right. That's right. Preach it, Dean. Give and you shall receive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, so I did announce we had a change of plans for today. Indeed. But 
we have uh, we have our guest. I'm not going to say who it is because people are going to be excited when they hear about mm. him next week. Oh, I'm 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 the most excited. I think you are. You are like you have been like uh, what I imagine a you know 13 or 14 year old girl at a Taylor Swift concert, getting yes. ready to hear this guy next week. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. And In fact, I think tip, I am currently reading this person's book. So he is an author. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's going to come on the show next week and he's going to completely over deliver. Uh, and we're excited to have him. Indeed. So, but this week, uh, you and I were talking and yeah. I had I had a very interesting conversation yesterday with uh, with somebody who's new to business, really. Um in a position where she had lost her job a month or so ago, you know, with the whole COVID thing, right. got laid off. She's on unemployment and she's really trying to make a go at building an online business. And as we're talking, I just, I just realized maybe even not just for beginners, but people in general, even after they've been running their own business for, you know, one year, two years, five years, sometimes even longer there's still a lot of confusion with how all of the pieces and parts fit together. Yeah. And oh, gosh, yeah. And, and, and it's not, uh, you know, it, it's completely understandable because there are so many, so many moving pieces and parts. And then you get online, you know, you scroll your Facebook or you go on YouTube or wherever, and everybody's got an ad like, Oh, if you do this one thing, you're going to make a million dollars. Oh no, 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 no. That is totally the wrong thing to do. If you do this, <laughs> You're going to make a million dollars. And next thing you know, especially if you're a newbie, you have 17 different ideas. You don't have any, any, like, any hours left in the day because you're trying to execute on all 17 of these ideas, hoping that one of them is going to take off. And you wind up feeling exhausted, frustrated, um, just like, man, is this, does this even work? Or did everybody just like sell me a bill of goods? And the way that I think about it is, there's similar, um, you know, kind of similar stuff going on in the health and fitness industry, right? You, right? you have no idea what anybody, like what to believe. You know, somebody says, all you need to do is eat, no, like don't eat carbs. And yeah. then somebody else is like, oh my God, carbs are exactly what your body needs for fuel. And somebody else says, you know, you don't even need to worry about your diet. You just need to work out. And there's just like all these different mm -hmm. philosophies and all this other stuff. And I feel like, in business, there's a similar amount of conflicting information. And so what we wanted to do today is really zoom out and unpack a high level framework, regardless of whether you're just starting, you've been in the game for a while, or even you might have a significant amount of experience to help you see how at a high level, how all the pieces fit together and the sequence in which you should be doing things. That's a pretty big undertaking in 45 minutes dean i i believe in you james i believe this can happen well i was just i was just teeing it up and i was going to put myself on mute and just, <laughs> just let you take it away <laughs> well i'm up to the challenge but one thing i i i think uh i i love what you just said in the sense of you know the the person you were talking with sounds like they were very much at the beginning of their journey but i, I do want to stress because i think i'm looking at myself as you were just talking then i'm thinking yeah, this isn't just going to be for people starting out because you know what? I've 
just as you have, James, I've been in business a long time. You know, I left my job in 2009. So it's like 11 years that I've been in business full time. And you know what? As I look back, I sometimes have this feeling where I admire how simple things used to feel. Mm. And I look at how, where we are today and I think, oh, I admire how like, things feel so much more difficult today. Things feel so much more complicated. And you know what? When you step back, though, the things that I'm doing today at its core, like the actual fundamental foundational things, which I know is what we're going to talk about, at its core, the things I do today are no different to what, what generated results 10 years ago. Yeah. And so what I, what, what I believe has happened, like I am the complexity. I'm the one that's added in more stuff, more stuff. And I think the, at the beginning of your journey, everything's new, so it feels overwhelming. Further into the journey, you know a lot of stuff and you almost feel like you need to use all this stuff you know. Right. Does that make sense? Are you, are you, is, is that, does that seem... I think, seem... yeah, I, I think there is a strong fight that you need to put up day in and day out for simplicity. What do they say? Simplicity is the ultimate complexity. Yeah, sophistication. Do, do people say that or is that just what I just said? Is that that is thing? just what you just said. Nobody well, has go. ever said that before. Right. There we go. I will license that to the people of Sheng Zhao. Enjoy it, <laughs> our loyal listeners. No, what, I think what the quote is, is uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Ah, okay. There we go. That sounds yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but that's But that is the thing. And I think that pairing things down to their simplest form and to the most fundamental form is incredibly useful, but you do have to cut away a lot of noise in yes. order to do that. Right. And, um, and so let's, let's kind of get started on this conversation and, uh, you know, at its core and this, this, again, this is something, the fundamentals are, are something that you can't acknowledge practice and sort of have, uh, on your mind too often. Um, there's a, uh, uh, famous basketball coach who's not alive anymore, but he was the coach for UCLA. Uh, the basketball team there's name's John Wooden. And he was famous for making his team practice the fundamentals over and over and over and over and over fundamentals. So seemingly minute, like how are you putting your socks on before a practice? And people right. are like, what? Like, can't we just get out there and like play <laughs> the game? He's like, if you don't put your socks on, right. There's a potential that your sock could get like bunched up in your shoe and if that happens, you could get a blister. And if you get a blister, you know you're not going to play your best and we're going to lose the game. Wow. It's like the butterfly yeah. effect. Yeah, completely. And so he was such a master of the fundamentals. And he didn't even necessarily focus on the score as much as he focused on what he called process for the fundamental things that led to winning games. And he was the, the most winning coach in college basketball history. Wow. So there must be something in this. There must be, unless that was just be. a Is gigantic that? fluke, right? <laughs> and so, so focusing on the fundamentals in business, like the, the number one fundamental in business is that you need to create value for your customer and you need to be able to capture value for yourself and for your business, right? right. What is the thing that you are going to sell people that solves a problem that they will pay you for. And then you need to capture that value, right? Like there we go. I think in, in the internet marketing world, people talk about traffic and they talk about offers and that's really all that is. 
Right. The offer is just, what am I going to sell somebody? And the traffic is, who are the people that are going to come there and potentially buy? There we go. So you started strong. We started with- strong. Now I have nothing else to say. There we go. Hope you've enjoyed this, everybody. Run forth and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I mean, think about it. Like if you yeah. want to simplify everything in your business, simplify what are you offering people and who are the people that you're offering it to? Yeah. And, and, and some people will actually hear that. And this is going to be the funny thing. Like we seem to have as humans, this inherent nature to think there must be more, like it can't be that straightforward. I mean, I bet everybody listening has said that at some point when you've heard something, you've thought, well, there must be something more to this. Like, what aren't you telling me? You know, and this is what I'm going to encourage everybody throughout this show is like, no master these fundamentals, like forget everything else. Like people are so keen to get into advanced stuff that they're not even willing to do the fundamentals. Yeah, so like and, the, I, and, and the fun the fundamentals are the cake. The advanced stuff is the icing on the cake. Mm, yes, I like and, it. And you got people who are like wanting to put icing on a cake that doesn't exist. Right, just eat the cake. Cake is good. <laughs> yes, cake is good. <laughs> cake is really good. Send yeah. me cake. You could roll with cake for a long time, right? And going back <laughs> to the whole diet thing, there's diets that say just eat cake. Right, exactly. Exactly. They don't okay, work. so... So we're really having to step back and say, right, before I think about anything, before I go into all this complexity and all this stuff, am I clear on what I'm offering and who I'm offering it to? So that's where we're beginning, right? That is where we're beginning. And I think that's worth uh, diving into a little bit because it's so important. So, you know, going back to this conversation I had with this Mm. person yesterday, you know, she said, I was like, okay, well, you know, what are you, what are you selling? And she's like, well, you know, there's this product that I really like and uh, it helps people make money and I want to be an affiliate for them. And then uh, I want to teach people how to be good parents. And then I'm going to write a blog and then I'm going to, um, you know, have all these white label products that I'm going to sell people. And I was just like, wow. Can we just start one business instead of three? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, you know, so, so for, for simplicity's sake, it's, you know, who is the person that I am serving? Who is the person that I want to be able to sell my product or my service to? And generally speaking, that target market, that avatar should be somebody that you either know a lot about, or you're very, very interested in and want to know a lot about that person. Because your business should wind up being a very customer centric business. Mm. And if you don't know a massive amount around your target person, you're not going to be able to, to make the pivots, the adjustments and everything that you need to, in order to serve that person at, at, at the highest level. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I want to point out, cause I've had two major experiences of this in, in my career of the importance of the who. Like, I like that. I feel like that needed a drum roll and I was late on that. The importance. Oh, do we want to go import- backwards? Is, is this savable or do we just walk away now? No, I think it's, I think it's savable. Please say that again, Dean, one more time. Okay. So I really want to get into the who a bit more. Cause I've got two big experiences in my life that have really made this such a massive area to focus on. There we I go. Like, I feel like we missed the moment, but that was yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. I'm just okay. going to apologize to my co-host to hear everybody listening. That's, a, <laughs> that's 60 seconds of your life you won't get back. Please tune in again, won't you? 
All right. So let's, so keep, so keep moving forward. So what were the, what were the situations in which you discovered that? Okay. So my first instance was actually about, ooh, must be four or five years ago now. So my business was in a position, my coaching and training company, my, cause we've got two businesses. Um, and we were in a position where we were scaling and everything was like financially the best it's ever been with multiple six figures a month. And, um, I found myself actually though, feeling really slipping into some minor stage of depression almost, um, where I didn't, you know, I was, I was just not passionate. I lost the passion for my customers. I lost the passion for what we were doing. And once I managed to drag myself slightly out of that hole and actually think objectively, like, why am I feeling this way? Like, you know, my business seemingly on the outset, I've got everything I ever wanted, you know, but why do I not care anymore? And um, what I realized is I'd scaled my business with customers that, you know, I, I don't mean to say this disrespectfully or horribly to people, but when you're in the business of training people on business and marketing and sales, if those people are, you know, a bit kind of frantic and looking for shiny objects and, all, and they're just not in the zone, they're not at that stage yet to say, right, I'm serious about this. I want to learn. I want to do the work, put in the time. Instead, I had a whole like thousands and thousands of customers a month that were more looking for the quick riches, the, the, you know, the, the instant hit, all that kind of garbage that you see peddled around online. And unfortunately, I seem to have you know, got my messaging wrong. I'd done something wrong along the way that all of a sudden I'm making all this money, but my life is a nightmare. Like the, the yeah. you know, chargebacks, complaints and all this stuff. And my stuff is some of the best in the industry for what, for the customers we provide to. So to be having these problems, I'm like, something is wrong here. And it wasn't a product problem. It wasn't a market problem. It wasn't any problem other than who I was selling this solution to. Right. And so I actually, I, I took quite serious action. You know, I'm not going to lie. I shut the business down pretty much. I pulled everything off the internet and it's been a really tough journey for the last three years. For the, well, for the first three years, the last 12 months, it's finally come around to where I saw the business needing to be. Um, and, and financially, we're still bringing that business back to where it was. You know, it's less, we're making less than we used to. But God, I love what I'm doing now. Like I get up every day excited. I can't wait to spend time on my coaching calls every week. You know, I can't wait to be around these people earlier today. I just did a, a live in my group and I was there for half an hour just because just I wanted to be there. You know, it's like I've built this house of people now that are like friends and I can't wait to be around. Whereas in the past, I built this house of people and all I want to do is sneak out the back door and hide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's such, that's such an important point. Um, most, people, most people go into a business, I think, because they want to make money. They want to have some freedom. They want um, they want to control their own time and destiny and all those mm. things. But, uh, but really you're, when you go into a business, you need to be going into a business to say, who is the person that I really want to serve with my product or my service? Right. Right. Because that is the person that you're going to need to become obsessed over. Right. And I don't Definitely. mean that I don't mean that on an individual basis, like you're going to be obsessed over an individual. I mean, you're going to be obsessed over this type of person. Right. And in order to have a customer centric business, which is really the only business that can withstand significant storms and changes and ups and downs and everything is one that is ruthlessly focused on the needs of the customer. Mm -hmm. You should be consciously deciding 
who is that person? Who is that target market that I want nothing more than to invest in helping them create a positive outcome in their world? Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. And 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 just to throw another thing out there on this aspect as well. Sometimes, depending on the market you're going into, you know, you will not be able to almost penetrate that market unless you carve out a very clear, specific type of person you want to serve. Yeah, you know, yeah. You so- remember James on our uh, on on the podcast, like we um we we had my wife on there not not too long ago did we because we you know talking about her business and in, in yep. the in the cosmetics beauty space we went through a very similar thing with that for 3 years we we tried to sell this makeup product this brush these makeup brushes we just couldn't get any traction until we stepped back and said hang on are we trying to sell this to the right people this is a massive industry why are we struggling and we decided no we're not going to sell to all women Let's instead help a very specific type of woman with a very specific type of problem. And it was like turning a switch. You know, so this isn't just about, oh, I don't want to sell to certain people because I'll be miserable. This is sometimes about you must, to be able to get into an industry, to be able to penetrate that and compete, carve out your own space within that market. Right, right. Who is my person? What are the challenges that they're experiencing that I want to help them with? Exactly. And I think like, if, if people don't bypass that piece, like, there is going to be nothing, probably no, there's going to be very few things that would make such an impact as understanding and being very clear on who you're selling to, what the problems are, what the what the feelings are, what everything is about that person, like you say, obsessing over that type of person, because that's how you'll be able to connect with them. And they say, no matter what else is out there, you are for me. That's what you want them saying. Like, I don't care what other makeup brushes or what other coaches, what other products or whatever's out there. I don't care because you talk to me like no other company does. You connect with me or I connect with you like no one else does. And so I don't care what else is out there. I'm even willing to pay you more than competition because you get me. Exactly. Exactly. And, and for any, anybody listening, whether you just started your business yesterday or you've been running your business for 10 years or, or longer, if you, if you don't thoroughly go through this stage and continue, and this isn't a one-time event, you know, who is our person and then we just forget about them. It's something that you have to keep top of mind on a regular basis because if you don't, there's no question that your sales performance will suffer. Like no question. Yeah. For one reason or another, like we're off the mark with the offer that we made, we're off the mark with our marketing or messaging or whatever, eventually the numbers will suffer if you choose to gloss over this step and skip on to something else. Yeah, 100%. And guaranteed, some of you listening, you will do that. You know, you're going to say, oh, I get what they're saying. It makes sense, but I'll come back to that in future. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like, oh, okay, cool, guys. I'm going to go run my Facebook ad right now instead. Right. And but it's like, but wait. surely any, any reasonable person knows to ignore a guy that rides into a show <laughs> on a noble steed, how could you not take that serious? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine why people wouldn't take that seriously. But you know what I think it is? It's because sometimes the fundamentals are not the sexy and exciting part. Of oh, business. 100%. In fact, they're rather you know, dull most of the well, time. And, it, and, and they feel like a lot of work. Yeah. Right. It feels like, oh man, like, why do I have to keep digging into this? Like, why do I have to do this and this? Can't I just like get on with it? And the, the better your foundation, the taller your business will grow. 
And yeah. this, there is nothing more foundational than understanding the customer that you sell to. Nothing. You got it. And everything else builds on that, right? You, you know, yeah. it doesn't even matter what kind of business. You know, if it's a, a a consulting business, it matters who you're selling to. If you have a product, a physical product, it matters that you know who you're selling to. You have some kind of service, it matters that you know who you're selling to. If you're doing online marketing, offline marketing, referral marketing, anything, it matters who you're selling to. If you're doing one-to-one sales, online sales, whatever, the number one thing that matters most is that you know exactly who you're selling to. Definitely, definitely. And here's the encouraging thing, right? I want to mention this because I, I actually did an event in February, a live event near London. And uh, this is actually, this was, I didn't realize how popular this subject was be. I actually had an entire presentation. It was only meant to be about 45 minutes. It was called um, Defining Your Who. Right. And um, it ended up, we, po- we, we polled everybody at the end of the event and we said, out of interest, over the whole two days, what was your favorite piece? And you're, I was expecting it to be, oh, the traffic or the advertising stuff or this or that. And you know what? There wasn't a single person that didn't say defining your who was the breakthrough for me. And, and here's the reason. This is the, I want to share this for everybody to be encouraged to actually take this step. You know, when you're starting out in business and there's going to be listeners that are in that position, you're in those earlier stages and everything feels like a bit overwhelming. There's so much to learn. You, you're even having fears and doubts. Am I good enough? You know, will I ever be able to figure this stuff out? You know, is it even possible for someone like me? And I remember myself, you know, if I go back 12 years, I used to think, why would anyone listen to me when there are other experts that are far better and smarter and knowledgeable than I am? That was a real fear in my mind. Why would anyone listen to me? I mean, I had a coach. Why would someone listen to me and not my coach? He's the smart guy. I'm learning from him. Why would they not pay him and not me? You know, that was a a real fear I had. And you know, when we presented this at the event, everybody in the room said the same thing because they, I was training them on the affiliate marketing business model. So teaching them to promote other people's products to, to start their business that way. And the, the overriding thing in the room was people left that presentation understanding that they don't have to just be in this big pool, this big industry and compete with everybody else. They can carve out, like I say, by defining the who, they can carve out their own section. You know, and, and, and here, here would be an example, I guess. Let's, you just said about coaching or consulting. Imagine, James, if you were somebody that was looking for help. You're looking for a coach in the area of, fitness let's say let's imagine you decide you need help with your fitness you're looking for a coach to hold you accountable and all that stuff and you're looking at your options and you find two coaches that look pretty good you've got one person that's like oh yeah I, I'm, I'm a fitness coach and I help everybody from you know men women even children on occasion and you know I'm the coach to help everybody with fitness you're like okay credibility looks good everything looks good but then this second coach says well actually you know I specialize in helping busy entrepreneurs um, create uh, sustainable workout routines for people that generally are on the move or work from home a lot. Mm. Like both offering the same outcome, both offering to help you on your fitness. In your situation, I'm guessing you'd be more attracted to one of those examples, wouldn't you? Yeah, for sure. Right. So in that particular example, for anyone listening, do you see we're both, both examples, we're both fitness coaches. We're both offering a good outcome that James is looking for. Only one person said, you know what? I'm not going to try and help everybody. That's not for me. I'm going to really carve out the exact person I support and help. And by them doing that, James now says, well, look, there's no way I'm going to consider the other person now because that person does not offer what this person does. 
you become like you become like where people can't compete with you. You put yeah. yourself in a whole new bracket that nobody else competes with. I think that is that just can't be beaten. No, it can't. It can't be beaten. And it's it's a it's a needs based um approach. Right. And so and so um and, and it's and it's incredibly powerful. And so just to kind of end this section of the conversation, three questions that could really help you zero in on your person. And you should do this again, whether you're starting, you're running a business for you know, a year, five years, whatever, you can't be too good at this. First question, who am I selling to in explicit detail, right? Yeah. You know, what do they do every day? How old are they? What are they, you know, what are their behaviors? What uh, sort of background experience, all that other stuff, right? Yeah. Who are you selling to? Question number two, what are their needs and where does it hurt? Okay. Everybody has needs and everybody has problems. Yeah. Your particular person, what are their needs and where, where are they hurting, right? Because yeah. that's where you're going to help uh, solve, solve that particular problem. One of those problems, right? Yeah. They're not going to solve every problem because that's not what it's about. It's about understanding your person, everything that's going on inside of their mind, everything that they're thinking about, and then understanding the challenges and the problems that they're facing. And then the third thing, what does this person need to hear from you to feel good about buying? Right. So, so when the example that you just gave Dean, what I needed to hear to feel good was that this person works with other people like me. Right. Yes. Right. That this person understands the, the specific challenges that I feel are getting in the way of my progress. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause that example that you gave is so good. And those are the things that I, or somebody like me would need to hear in order to in make that type of investment. And so, you know, those are the three questions um, that you've got to answer for yourself. Who am I selling to? What are their needs and where does it hurt? And what does this person need to hear from me in order to feel good about buying? Definitely. There we go. Jeez, we're only halfway through and it's already just so good. Halfway through. Can you believe that? I, I, I... They're just overwhelming me with greatness right now. This value. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm going to buy some radios. I'm going to tune in to our show to listen to it while it's happening. I, I want the experience. <laughs> just imagine you. You remember the movie Back to the Future where the guy had like Doc Brown had like all of those clocks in his house. Yes. I just imagined you like sitting in a room just surrounded <laughs> by radios. <laughs> And all of them are playing our show and you're just like, it's just, I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> there we go. We're looking for our greatest fan. I think the greatest fan of this show is that person. <laughs> yes, I think so please you. submit your photographs of your overwhelming love for just the tips. It's just you with like those like <laughs> fake plastic glasses and the nose and mustache. <laughs> I mean, like, wait a second. You can't win. You're, you're, you're the co-host of the show. I'm like, no, I ain't. I ain't Dean. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get American Dean who talks. Of, can we get an American Dean here for a minute? Oh, hey man, how <laughs> how, how you doing over there in the water? <laughs> that's amazing. There we go. That's one way to insult half the listeners. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. All right. So so that's fundamental number one. Know your who. Yes, and we definitely gave that more time deliberately because it needs the most time from you. Yes. 
Yes, exactly. All right, so let's move on to fundamental number two, let's which is, so first we know who we want to sell to. Now we need to know what are we selling to them? Right. Right, yeah. so now we want Solution. to create an offer to uh, to sell to this person. And again, this doesn't matter if you're just starting. It doesn't matter if you've been doing you know, running your business for a while or whatever, the clearer you are on step one, who is your person? And then the clearer you are on step two, the easier it's going to be to, to sell something to that person. Because here's a, a common misconception is that sales is hard. Would you say, would you say that that's a reasonably accurate statement? People think sales is hard. Yes, 100%. And I think okay. a lot of people doubt they could ever do it. A lot of people doubt they could ever do it. And the reason why is because most people think uh, think of sales as needing to push, persuade, mm. convince, um, or otherwise get somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Manipulation, I've heard people say. Yes. Yes, exactly. However, if you understand your person well enough, and you understand the problems that they're experiencing, your person will buy from you. And there's very little selling that's involved. Right. Right. Definitely. Because if, if you have something for somebody who has a genuine need and they believe that, you know, there, we'll get into the topic of trust uh, at some other point, but let's just say they trust that you're not going to scam them. Right. Right. So that you, what, what you say you can do, you can, if they have that problem, they're going to want to buy from you. Sure. Right. And, and selling is only necessary when there's confusion around whether you are able to help them solve their problem. Right. Definitely. Right. Somebody with somebody with a big need does not need to be sold. If my house is on fire, I do not need to be sold that the fire department is the right person to come and help me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The sure. fire department never needs to sell. <laughs> no, that's just true. <laughs> why? Like, like it, I know it's a silly example, but why? Because their person has such a big problem and a big need. They are just like, come and help me. I know the service that you offer and I know I need that service to help me solve my problem. Yeah, definitely. And, and that, you know, that is, is a, is a, you know, over the top, exaggerated, acute example. But when your offer is good enough that it, that it meets the need that your prospect has, there really is very little selling involved. Right. Definitely. It's buying. Yeah. Yeah. Which Indeed. is a completely different thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think, um, was it you who said to me once, or somebody anyway, maybe I won't credit you with everything good that gets said. Um, it, probably, it probably was. <laughs> that like selling is really a, something along the lines of really what we're doing is helping people come to the right decision for them. Yes. And that doesn't necessarily mean making the sale. No, Not no, because. It's depending on how you're selling or what you're selling. But that was it you that said that to me once we got to help we're just helping people make the right decision for them. Yeah. We're 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 helping people to make a powerful decision. Right. That was it. There we go. And and the only way we can help somebody make a powerful decision is one if we understand them well enough 
and understand what their challenge is and help to see if there's a match between the product or service we have and the challenge that this person is experiencing and who they are. Exactly. Okay. Like our goal, our goal in, in our marketing, our goal in our sales conversations, online, offline, on the phone, through websites, whatever, is to help people make that decision. Is this thing going to help me solve the problem that's most important for me right now? Right. Okay. All right. So that was the, so we're on to the second one, right? What yeah, we're on to the second you. one. So what, so what is the thing? So first we've got, who are we selling to? Yeah. Who, and now we've got, what are we selling them? And so, you know, the context of this is when done properly, the offer will pull people to want to purchase Definitely. because it helps, it helps meet a need that they have um, in their life. And I think the absolute best way of thinking about this I've ever heard um, was uh, recently, very recently, just uh, learned this, uh, this way of thinking about it. Uh, I took a class from Harvard Business School and they were talking about this concept of the job to be done. Customers right. hire a product or a service because they have a job that needs to be done. And okay. okay. And if the service or product is designed so perfectly that it's easy to see how it will do that job, then it's, then it's a causal mechanism to pull that person to want to make the purchase. Mm, Okay. Right. I love that. The job. So what is the customer's job to be done? And uh, for those of you guys who are interested in reading a really good book, um, on that topic, there's a book written by a uh, 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 former Harvard Business School professor named Clayton Christensen, who recently passed away, but his work is phenomenal, called Competing Against Luck. And that whole book is built on the premise that the way to create that gravitational pull of your product and your prospect is by clearly understanding what is the job that needs to be done. Um, mm. what is a customer's job to be done? And then you design products and services around that. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And I, I just throw in before we move on to the next thing, like we, we could make a whole show around just the offer piece. And uh, obviously we don't have time for that today, but I just want everybody to be aware that one of the, one of the biggest differences I've experienced, and this again, I think goes perfectly with the, the theme of this show that a lot of times we try and overcomplicate things. You know, when people are making offers, if something's not working, generally speaking, the first thing people start doing is, oh my gosh, I need to uh, you know, change my headline. What if I use a green button instead of a red? Is that the answer here? Like, is there something like silly or sig- insignificant that I'm not seeing? When really, generally speaking, what I see is one of the biggest problems or errors people make is they don't make good enough offers. Right. Like your product is not your offer. Like your product is a part of your offer. All right. So, so people, this was like a real mind bender for me the first time I heard that. Can you elaborate on the difference between a product and service and an offer? Oh, okay. Yes. Good question. So let's come back to say our makeup brushes. Let's use that as an example. The product is the makeup brush, you know? And so you could by ease think to yourself, well, this is what I'm selling. I'm selling a makeup brush. This is my offer. I'm offering you a makeup brush. Now that's okay. Some people might think, oh yeah, I need a makeup brush. I'm going to take that offer. Um, In my mind though, like 
to create an offer is to create something that contains your product, but is much more appealing and a stronger type of offer. So let me, let me kind of, I guess, add some meat to the bone on what we do around that to, to add some substance to it. Like instead of just saying like, okay, we're selling you this brush. What we've done is we've packaged an offer together with this brush. We say, right, you get the brush, you get a training series on how to use the brush, you get a cleaning guide on how to clean and protect the brush so it lasts, and uh, something else that I can't quite recall off memory. But do you see how, like, if I'm going to compete with other people selling brushes, you've got person A, their offer is a brush, and then you've got me, that my offer is a brush with a full cleaning guide, um, training series on how to use it, and this and that. Like, which offer is strongest? Like, right. who's going to get the customer if all else is equal? Well, the so here's the interesting thing about about that and creating an offer with this whole jobs to be done lens is that the the customer is buying the product or service because they want a result because they have a job that right. needs to be done. And when most people sell a product or a service, the product or service may or may not completely do that job, right? So what you're True. talking yeah. about with the brush, for example, is like that your, your customer needs something to put on her makeup, right? And that's right. why she needs, that's the job that needs to be done. And that's why she needs the brush. However, there's, um, there's other parts of that job that need to be done that are not necessarily part of the brush, which include the training on how to yes. properly use that, on right. the community that might support her in that endeavor, on you know, this, that, and the other thing. And the, the whole idea of the offer is that you stack complementary things around your core product or service so that it completely enables your customer to get their job done. Definitely. Because I guess what, what people are thinking, you know, if they say, oh, I want a makeup brush, they look at a makeup brush product or offer and they say, okay, well, I can get the brush, but I don't really know how to use it. And if well, you and the, don't answer that question, you lost that customer. Well, and the funny thing is, consciously, they might not even be thinking that. Right. Yeah. That's all been made in the back of the mind. Right. Because they're like, oh, I need, I need a brush to put on my makeup. And until you come along and you say, okay, did you know that there's a right way to use a brush and a wrong way to use a brush? Did you know that there's you know, techniques that you could do this, that, and the other thing? Then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, like I never thought about that before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, I hadn't even considered that there were all of these aspects to just using my makeup brush, but you guys are helping me understand how to get my job done more effectively than anybody else. And so I'm going to work with you. Yeah. There we go. So that's the, that is the distinction between just a product and a service and an offer. A product is, or product or service really is, um, sort of one leg of the stool, so to speak. Right. And, yeah. in, and in order to build a stable, a powerful offer, you need to come at it from these different angles. And so there's practical considerations, right? One of the practical considerations is, you know, does, is, is, does the brush have good bristles? Is it going to last a long time? Like mm. blah, blah, blah. But then there's emotional considerations. Okay. Am I going to understand how to use this thing? Is it, am I going to just buy this and it's going to sit there and I'm not going to get my value for my money? Right. Right. And then yeah. there's 
then there's also social, uh, social considerations. You know, what are people going to think about me when I buy this product? Yes. Right. What are people like, am I going to be seen as having a higher status or lower status? Um, or, you know, uh, you know, am I going to be part of a community? Am I going to be, you know, regarded Mm -hmm. in a different way or something? And so there's, there's practical jobs to be done, emotional jobs to be done, social jobs to be done. And the better your offer handles all of those different aspects of it, the more complete it will feel to the person. And, and this is why it's so important that you know that person so well. Yeah, right. Right. Because if you don't know that person so well, you're not going to be able to answer the questions. What are their practical, emotional, and social needs that Mm. we are going to help them do with our, with our product or service? Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Okay. So that's who are you selling to? Number one. What are you selling them? Yes. Number two. And number yes. three. So so let's before we move on to number three, I think it's important that we address where um where there can be breakdown. Okay. Yeah, good point. Okay, so 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 what we're so there's there's two halves to this. These two halves are so incredibly important. Who are we selling to and what what are we selling them that helps them get their job done? Any, any time, any time there is a, a, a lack of sales or marketing performance, it is because of a disconnect between those two pieces. Right. And that's any time. Any time. Any time. <laughs> Not like some of the time from <laughs> time, the time to time. <laughs> any time. Any time. <laughs> I can't even say it anymore. Um, but whenever, whenever somebody comes to me and says, Hey, my thing isn't selling. I immediately know to look in one of those two places and there has to be a strong connection. Um, this is known as a market to message match. There we go. Right. What is the market to message match? If there's a market to message mismatch, people are not going to buy the thing, right? You don't sell ballerina shoes to football players. That's a different market and would have a different message, right? You would not be surprised to find out that football players are not buying your ballerina shoes. Right. Right. It's all our uh, football playing ballerinas. Yeah. And then maybe there's a small segment of the football player market. There we go. That may be who you could sell to James. Yeah, that's great. Cause I've been looking for where's my market for that product. <laughs> right. But, but that's, but that's it. You wouldn't be selling, you know, high performance scientific calculators to first graders. Right. Yeah. You just like, you. You, you wouldn't do it. And, and if you put, if you put a high performance scientific calculator out on the internet and all of the Facebook traffic you were driving to the page was first graders. If you didn't understand this fundamental, you would say, oh, our ads just aren't working. Facebook sucks. Right, yeah. No, <laughs> there's a mismatch between your market and your, and your offer and your message. Well, you might be wrong because I've heard Facebook ads don't work. Right, yeah. So there is that. Facebook, Facebook ads, every, any ad that gets your message in front of your target market and makes a relevant offer to them 
will work. <laughs> Indeed. And just in case my sarcasm wasn't clear through the gift of radio, that was sarcasm. <laughs> gift of radio. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. So that's, so that's step one. Who? Step two. Uh, step two. What is the thing that we're selling them? And, and a little bit of caution between those. Make sure those match up. Yeah. Step three. This is the million dollar question that everybody wants to know the answer to. Okay, great. I understand my person. I understand what I'm selling them. How do I get more of my people to see my thing? Ah, traffic. Okay. Traffic. Right? Concept of traffic. And, and so for a lot of people, maybe they'll have the ability to do paid ads. Maybe they won't have the ability to do paid ads. There's like, there's a whole sort of, um, color palette, if you will, of different mm. ways to generate traffic. But I think maybe one of the things you could talk about, Dean, you could talk about this for days, I'm sure. But in in many cases, for people who are just starting or people who are already running paid traffic and other things, they can make uh, massive progress if they tap in and get an affiliate set up or an affiliate network set up and right. working for them. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the things that, you know, it's one of the main ways in which I've, I've operated for the last 10 years. You know, a lot of our business has been, I've either been an affiliate, which is how I started online in the first place. And now because of that background, you know, we have affiliates. So we have other people and the way, you know, for, if, if people are listening, they're not familiar with affiliates. It's kind of people that go out and promote your stuff and you pay them a commission on sales they generate. You know, so I view it that like, okay, your affiliates are your salespeople. You know, they're out there generating traffic for you. Obviously, they're compensated. That's their business. Um, but essentially, you can have that in place in your business. And I think um, this is a great direction for people to go in. I think once they've dialed their offer and everything in, you know, once you've got, you know, your thing, you're clear on your what, you're clear on your who, you've, uh, you know, you've, you've done the third step that we're now talking about, you've driven some traffic, and that can be, you know, through other means. And then eventually, I think every business, if it, unless there's weird circumstances to not allow it, or just personal desire, you know, there's no reason logically not to have an affiliate program for most businesses, right. because you're paying people essentially on performance. You know, if you have people selling on the phone, your high ticket stuff, you pay them on sales, your affiliates are no different. You know, so right now I know that every day we generate somewhere around 20 new customers every day through my book from affiliates. So if I stayed in bed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I still know I'm going to gain somewhere in the region of six to 700 customers a month. Yeah. You know, so I think that that's is, uh, there's so much, like you say, we could make a whole show around just traffic and different options around traffic, but, uh, definitely something to consider. I think we are actually going to have an entire episode uh, with, a, with a very, very well-known guest specifically about different traffic sources. <laughs> so so we'll, uh, we'll definitely get into uh, traffic sources on, on another show. But, right? But there's, there's different types of traffic. There's traffic that you pay for. There's traffic that you pay for on performance. There's traffic that you own. And, um, and you want to understand, uh, how these different traffic sources work, but I think at a high level, at least if you're getting started, so this is where I will kind of go back to, to getting started people master one source of traffic. Oh gosh. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Right. Like you don't have to get good at all different sources of traffic. Going back to the person I talked to yesterday, you know, I'm going to yes. do, 
I'm going to post on Facebook. I'm going to do a blog. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do all these things. I'm like, man, you don't even understand how one of these sources of traffic works. Yeah. If you're going to try and master multiple sources of traffic simultaneously, you're really not going to get anywhere. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We've just spent the last 13 months only learning and getting Facebook ads working. Yeah. Like just to put that context and I've, I've been doing this for 10 years. We just spent the last one whole year getting good at one thing. Like, and I think sometimes people hear that and they're like, no, that can't be true. You've been doing this too long. Like I, I assure you, <laughs> and I know some people will argue, well, that doesn't sound safe or reliant on one. And you're right. There becomes a point where it isn't safe, but I'm just emphasizing the point that in one of our businesses, we, we said, look, we can drive traffic from all these sources, but if I don't choose one, how will we ever get great at this? Yeah, exactly. And we've, you know, we've been doing Facebook ads for years and just now we are starting to look at adding uh, YouTube ads as right. another source of traffic. There we go. But it's, it's because we understand the Facebook ad game. Exactly. We understand how to run those ads, how to create the right hooks on those ads and get people from you know, Facebook to our pages and all of those other things. And now like that's become a core competence of ours. And so we say, okay, great. Now we want to start diversifying. How do we add other sources of traffic? And granted, while we're doing that, we've had, you know, referral sources of traffic and, and other things like that. But as far as paid traffic goes, stick, find one thing and master that thing and get it to work for you and then move on to the next one. Yeah, you got it. So, so where are we up to? We've got who, we've got what, and we've got traffic. Yeah. Can we, our, can we fit in the other two or? I don't, I don't think we have time to fit in the other two. Oh, right we mean we overloaded the tip so much <laughs> that people might just have to tune in once more to get the final two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's going to be many more tips. We're just like, like a machine gun here for tips. But, um, <laughs> but I think, you know, in, in closing, what, what is important for us to, you know, to emphasize here. And, and the reason why we spent so much time on just a small fraction of like the entire ecosystem of business is when you boil things down to their essence, you get much better results much faster, right? Yes. And let's be real with each other. You don't care about all of the things uh, that you're doing. You care about the results that you get from those things. Um, Definitely. So so any, uh, any parting, parting shots before, uh, before we wrap up today, Dean? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the things that I would just, just say, just to add into this whole theme of this is, as I look back myself, there is definitely this tendency to believe and think and perceive that the more I do, the more chance of success. It's like, the more stuff I do, the faster I'll get there. The more stuff I do, the sooner I find something that works. And you can understand why you think that way. Because you think, well, if I try 10 different things, surely one will work and I'll find the winner and then I'll go all in on that. You know, I've thought that in my, in my, in my past, you know, when I wasn't quite, you know, I didn't quite have the experience. That was my outlook. So I understand if anyone's thinking that. But what I can tell you, having thought that way and tried to practice that way and come out of that realizing it was a complete mess, is it's actually completely the opposite. Because the more things you're trying to do, 
the less attention each of those things gets. And if you're trying multiple things that you don't yet know how to do properly, you're never going to get good enough to have any of them work. I mean, I don't know. Do you have this expression in the US, James? It's a it's a thing here where we say a mass uh, a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Yeah. Do you have that there? That's like a global yeah. thing, is it? Yeah, so like, completely. So like the same applies here. You know, if you if you take any of these elements we spoke about, let's look at the traffic. If you say, right, well, you know what? I'll try some Facebook. I'll try some YouTube. I'll try some Google ads and I'll try some of this. And if, you know, whatever one works the best, I'll go all in on that. Well, the reality is none of them are going to do the best. I think that's the bottom line, Dean, is that you've got to pare things down to their simplest form. And, you know, that's what we've been wanting to share with you guys here today. So thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys being here. Make sure you listen to us live every Tuesday at 1 Eastern. And for past episodes, go to justatipshow.com. This is James B. Friel signing off with my co-host, Dean Holland. And we will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.